Thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I uh, are the proud parents of an almost eight-year-old, a second grader. Her name is Naomi. And gosh, I, I mean, I, for as long as I can remember, I'd wanted to be a dad. When I found out I was going to be one, I said, I want to be the best one. I want to just be the best dad ever. And I went out looking for resources. And in the parenting world, nearly every resource that's out there, magazine, Facebook group, you know, Twitter account, whatever, it's designed for mom. There's a handful of dad stuff out there. And that's when the idea for Positively Dad came to mind. I launched it back in March, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. We do two episodes every single week. On Mondays, I do one where I talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow or get better as parents, partners, and people. And then on Thursdays, I talk to a dad about being a dad. And that's what you're listening to right now, one of our Dad Talk episodes. And today's Dad Talk episode is a follow-up to a podcast episode we did last week. Last Monday, we talked with author and journalist Lauren Duca. Now, Lauren uh, wrote a book called How to Start a Revolution, and this is kind of some follow-up work that she did after writing a piece for Teen Vogue called Trump is Gaslighting America. Well, that piece shares a lot about her political views and beliefs, and, um, and it kind of catapulted her to some national attention. She did an appearance on Fox News with Tucker Carlson and some various things, and we talked a little bit about her relationship with her dad. Because in the book, in the book, uh, How to Start a Revolution, she talks about election night 2016. She's sitting there at her house. She knows that her parents have voted for Donald Trump. She voted for Hillary Clinton. When Trump won, which was unexpected, if you recall, uh, according to the pollsters, uh, she was devastated. And it led to some issues in her relationship with, between her and her parents. And, and eventually, she says that she and her dad had become estranged. And over the last three years... A lot's happened in her world, and she and her father have worked hard to repair the relationship. Well, after Lauren and I recorded that episode that came out last Monday, and you should go back and listen to it. It'll give you context to today. I said, you know, do you think your dad would come on? Do you think your dad would come on to share kind of his side of what it was like to go through that and, and how, what that was like to repair the relationship? And so they listened to the episode together, and after listening... Her dad, Ralph, said that he would be on. So that's who we're talking to today. And uh, you're going to hear real authentic emotion from him. He's going to walk you through what it was like to go through some ups and downs in, in his relationship with his daughter, and then how they fixed it, how they repaired it. So I think we're in for a valuable conversation. And I do want to remind you, we're not having a political conversation here. We're not talking about one over the other. What we're talking about is family. And we're talking about how family can heal when things get tough, and why that's important. That's our conversation today. So let's jump in and have it. Mr. Duca, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. That's great. I'm looking forward to talking to you with Lauren. Describe to me in a little bit of the podcast that I had heard that you've done already. I think this is a good thing that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I've always been curious about the situation we're in right now, with just how divided the country is and the politics around it. That's where I learned about your daughter and read her book. And she talks a lot about the relationship with you. And she goes back to election night. And then on our episode, she talked about, I mean, you guys, election night was tough on her. And, and then you guys, you know, you, you kind of fell out and lost contact for a while. And then you rebuilt it. And I just think that, gosh, we're family and we should be family. So that's what I want to talk about today. So let's go back to just kind of what it was like and what you recall from election night that the way she tells the story, she knew you'd voted because you were home early. 
And uh, you, you didn't vote for Hillary. You voted for Donald Trump. She voted for Hillary. She was really, really upset that night. Talk a little bit about your memories from that night, and we'll go from there. Yeah, it was. I mean, look, I, I think I was with the rest of the country. I think most of us thought, regardless of how you voted, that it was a foregone conclusion that Hillary was going to win. Right. That's what all the experts were telling us. That's what all the procrastinators were telling us, however you say that word. And I think that's what we all expected. And yes, there was obvious tension between us. I think she was disappointed, but I, I think we both thought that it wouldn't matter because, you know, Hillary's going to win anyway. So, you know, I'll be mad at you for voting for Donald Trump, but he'll be an afterthought. And, you know, Hillary and the coronation was going to happen. And then when it didn't, you know, I could tell, you know, when we could tell how the results were coming in, you know, that, that it looked like it, that, that it really was going to go his way. You know, there was there was that obvious tension between the two of us. And I and I probably I think I said something silly about like, oh, it's, you know, it's not going to go back to the 1950s or, or, or something like that to try to relieve her obvious concern. But I did know that, you know, hey, this was going to be a, a watershed moment in our relationship because I knew she was upset that we were voting for him. But I think that we all just expected that it wasn't going to matter. And then when it did. And it, it did cause us to have um, some strained relationships. And Lauren, you know, kind of struggled with with our position and, and who we voted for. So mm -hmm. it did cause us to to kind of, you know, get us a little bit of estranged for a while. And it was that was that was unfortunate and uncomfortable. But, you know, the good news is that that we've gotten back on track. Yeah, it's great. And, and I do want to talk about that because I think that there's so many families that they do, they are estranged. It leads to problems. And, you know, we're still, you know, you're, you're her dad. She's your daughter. You want a relationship. So it led to a kind of just a, yeah, like you said, a, a, an estranged relationship after she did the piece for Teen Vogue about the Trump is gaslighting America. And that, I mean, what was that like to have this fallout with your daughter? Well, it was, you know, I, I, I knew that like the rest of the country, that there was a lot of, you know, division because of the polarization or the way he polarizes people. And, and even though I voted for him, uh, I, I don't care for many of his way. I, you know, I, I disagree with how he says almost everything. I don't disagree with how, what some of the things that he does, but, you know, he is a polarizing figure. Anybody that you know, doesn't understand why he can infuriate the other side, just isn't paying attention. But um, I think we both knew that eventually we, we, it would get better, but that we kind of had to go through some of the rough times. But then Lauren's notoriety, and when that article hit, and when she fought, you know, had that battle with Tucker Carlson, you know, look, even though I may be of a conservative slant in my, in my political beliefs, I kind of consider myself, I'm, I'm fiscally conservative, but more socially liberal is the way I would probably describe myself. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, when her when her pieces started coming out, you know, regardless of what side of the of the aisle I'm on, her, her stuff is so powerful. Her her words and her approach and, and, and the, the thing that she's trying to get people to be in tune to uh, is so powerful and so strong. And her voice is just so dynamic. It, it, it's even if you're on the other side, you still kind of you know, feel her power and, 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 and hear her voice. And then, you know, when I read the book, right. So, you know, gaslighting Tucker Carlson book, though, obviously that's a big span of time, but you know, when I read the book, I have to admit, I was going in pretty concerned. Ah, well, 
not concerned, but I was like, oh man, I'm not going to like anything this says. And it's going to be a tough read for me. And, and I had a lot of anxiousness and anxiety, but of course I was, I was really interested in reading it because, you know, obviously I like the author. Um, yeah. and even, even, even though we were probably still considered that the relationship strained at that time, obviously I, 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 you know, I, I'm privileged to hear a lot of what Lauren puts out there before I'm kind of like her secret editor sometimes. And I get to hear her stuff, you know, that she'll read to me before. But, but, but then when I read the book, you know, yeah, there was some stuff and I, and I even get beat up a little bit in the beginning part of the book, mm-hmm. but the, the book is so powerful and it becomes such a, uh, a, a, a guideline to for young people in general, but everyone to to how you become politically active, and then the, the anecdotal stories and and the research and the interviews that she did with so many important people, you know, and, and even some that you'd never even heard of, and the work was so strong, and the the research was so so in depth, and 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 the passion that she showed, and I think that kind of even brought us closer together and kind of started healing the wound. So I think the book actually served that purpose for us as much as anything. Interesting. Now, when she was on Tucker and uh, I mean, he wasn't friendly to her in any way. And I thought she handled it really well. Did you happen to watch that? Like, did you see that live as she was on? Yes. I saw, I saw that live and it's funny because, you know, that's my little girl, right? So I could tell probably before most that she started, you know, cause he ambushed her. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's no other way to describe it. And at first I got a little nervous cause I, you know, I know her tells and I knew she was upset, even though I think, you know, maybe initially people probably weren't realizing it. And I was like, Oh no, you know, he's getting to her and he was being such a, uh, a bully. And I don't even know what other words I would use to describe the way he, he attacked her. And instead of, you know, crumbling, she knocked him out. I mean, it's funny. I forget the guy's name, but there's somebody that's on that five um, on Fox. The name is going to escape me. But I heard him talking to Tucker Carlson a few weeks later, and they were they were going back and forth about something. And of course, they're both similar of similar views. But the guy said, oh, and by the way, that girl from Teen Vogue kicked your ass or something like that. And it was <laughs> it was so great because it really was, you know, like I said, those things, the book, the, the gaslighting article mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the and the Carlson episode kind of actually, I think, made me realize, you know, that even if I don't agree with everything she says, the way she says it and, and her, her intentions and her motivation for saying them are so strong and so powerful. And she does it with such a, you know, a, a strong voice that it, it probably brought us, you know, started mending whatever rift there was between us. Well, and that's what I was thinking about, because at the time she's on Tucker, like you two are not talking. So you're you're not really doing stuff together. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Pretty much, we yeah. There was it was there was minimal, you know, just a polite contact at best at that time. Right. So you you see her, and and while you are disagreeing, you disagree with some of the stuff she's saying. That's still your little girl up there. Right. And now and again, it's you know what she says. Who pays for medical college? Where you sit on immigration? Whatever 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 topic we're talking about, you know. Lauren's motivation is fairness, equality, and you can't argue with those principles. So, you know, maybe our approaches might be different or, you know, we might go at, go at it in a different way or, or get there in a different way. But, but her, her, what, what her end is, you know, for people to have knowledge and to understand the process and what their role in is it. And it's not just voting every, you know, four years and, and motivating people to get involved, to understand. Hey, I'll give you an example, right? I, I was at the gym yesterday 
and the announcement that the impeachment came down and, and a couple of people goes, that's it. He's out. And I'm like, wow, wait a second, guys, do you really not under, do you really not understand what's happening? So, and it wasn't an indictment on those guys, but it shows how poorly educated and what lack of knowledge and understanding is in our political process Mm -hmm. and what's going on with our country. And, you know, these guys are, you know, just regular, you know, I'm Most of them are younger than me, but I, I guess that to me, that was an illustration on, on how much education we all need to, because, you know, act, democracy is a, an organic and I forget she uses better terms than I do. But, you know, it's, it's something you have to participate in. You can't it's not a spectator sport. I think that's one of her phrases that I love because yeah. it's true. You know, you have to be involved and you have to understand. And then, you know, you can't just sit back and complain. You got to do something. And that's what she's advocating to get young people, young women involved and to be part of the political dialogue and to get a seat at the table. And, you know, it's true because young people get that bad rap that they're not engaged. Well, they dis- they disregard it and then they want to know why they're not engaged. You know, so I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, I think she's kind of like one of the lone voices out there telling people, hey, you guys need to get involved. And, and I, nobody can argue with that. We, we, yeah. You know, that that's that's where we don't disagree that getting people involved and and making them understand how it works is you know monumental and i think we've been really deficient in that and i think what she's trying to do is really getting us there yeah well she told me she said that as parents we've got to do our best to take our kids seriously help them understand they have a right and a duty to the political conversation i mean that's kind of what she's saying and you're you're saying the same thing and that you don't have to agree so let's fast forward and I mean, if you go 2016 to now, not only has a lot happened in our country, a lot's happened in her life, and she goes through that in the podcast. So if people want to go back and listen to the episode I did with Lauren, go back, and she'll tell you the whole story. And you guys eventually come together, and she says, hey, we've got to talk about this. Let's just, let's talk about it, because you're my dad. Will you walk us through what that was like? Yeah, it was hard. And, and you know, look, I'll, the only thing I think I'll, I'll disagree with Lauren a little bit is that, you know, like when when. She, she kind of said, like, when we were young, when she was young, we didn't talk about politics. And and she's not wrong about that. But it wasn't like a conscious decision to say, let's not speak about politics around the kids. We just felt like that wasn't like to me at the stages of their early life. It was to expose them to as much things culturally and education wise. And, you know, to tell you whether what a Republican and a Democrat was, wasn't, we didn't feel like that was the time. But then once she got politically engaged, you know, it it, it was sensitive because we knew that, that the, the, the beliefs were so divergent that, you know, that, that this is a powder keg and there's a real good chance that this is going to turn into an argument. But then again, once we learned that everybody's got the right to their opinion, and regardless if we disagree that we still love one another and we really want the same thing, which is for this country to, to be its, its best possible self. And we all kind of have the same agenda, even if we might have a different approach to getting there. And, and then, you know, that's the other thing that, you know, just overall that I, I feel, you know, politics, I felt like they used to be, we sat down at the table. I got 10 things I want. I, you got 10 things you want. All right. I'll give you my five, you give me your five, and we compromise. And for some reason, that that hasn't happened now. It's like, if you're on the other side, I hate you, and I can't even listen to anything you have to say. And that's where I think Lauren and I have kind of done it as a father and a daughter and saying, okay, we might not want the same things, but we love one another. We have the same goals. How do we, how do we take you know, your best shots and my best shots and 
put it together to make, you know, something collective that everybody can, can live with. And yeah. that's kind of where I think what, what's happened. So, you know, like I said, we, we, we've learned that just because we have different opinions doesn't mean we have to fight about it. And, you know, we'll go back and forth. She was over the house just this past weekend and we were going back and forth about, you know, who's going to pay for education. And I, we, we talked about a couple of different issues and, you know, we didn't agree, but we didn't, you know, like stamp storm out of the room and say, mm-hmm. I hate you because you don't agree with me. It was like, well, I understand what you're saying, but this is my take on it. And that's kind of what's missing from the political conversation in general. And I guess, like you said, since this is about dads and kids, you know, we, we got to respect each other's opinion and listen to each other's takes on things. And then let's figure out a way to, you know, meld it together. So how did you repair that? I mean, how, what, what did that look like when you two sat down and talked it out? Because what I find so fascinating is, I mean, she literally told me that the relationship is the best now that it's ever been. Yes, I, that, I, that I agree with. I get a little emotional thinking about it. But um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't like sit down and say, how are we going to fix this? I think what it ultimately came down to, I know from my side, I'm pretty sure from hers, but it was like, I love this person more than I can say. And regardless if we have different opinions on how to finance this or how to regulate that, that we both love one another, there's nothing more powerful. What good is anything if you don't have people in your life that you love? And like I said, we didn't sit down and say, we got to fix this. I think we just kind of kept coming from that place that we love one another, that we care for one another. And then you know, those differences didn't seem to be as important anymore because when we experienced what it was like not to have each other in, in your lives in any real meaningful way, well, th- that wasn't any good. So, you know, we're going to worry about who pays for, you know, Medicaid and, you know, how, how immigration looks. What, what, how is that important if as a, a, a parent and a child that, you know, we don't have that relationship and, and, and then all that other stuff didn't mean as much. And once you kind of stick to that, everything else kind of took care of itself. You know, I think both of us let some of our guards down, put some of our hangups to the side, but, you know, which probably took some conscious thought, but I think it all started from love. Was it uncomfortable? So at times, at times, you know, there was, there, there was definitely tough episodes, but like she said, recently, I think that now she 100% knows that we are, you know, couldn't, couldn't be more in her corner, regardless of her political beliefs or anything. And that we are there for her, no matter what my wife and I have stuck to that principle. And, 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 you know, when things weren't as good, you know, I think that's what we just kind of kept telling each other is that it doesn't really matter. We love her. It doesn't, it, you know, regardless of what her political beliefs are of anything else, that's the most important thing. And, and I think she's also kind of come to realize that, you know, like with her coming out, I think she was probably apprehensive to tell us, you know, we had this beautiful wedding that my wife put together in our, in our yard for her and, and, and Chris. And, and when she had to tell us that it didn't, it, it wasn't working out. I think that was a tough thing for her to do because, you know, it, it was, I think she thought we expected her to, to marry uh, a man and she expected to marry a man. And then when she realized that that's not who she was, I think telling us that was another part of this evolution, you know, she had to come to terms with who she was. And I think she was worried about how we would come to terms with who she was. But then again, when we stuck to, it doesn't matter, we love you no matter what. And then when she realized that was the case, then all of that other stuff just kind of melts away. Are you proud of her? More than I could say. What are you most proud about? Just a strong, courageous 
amazing person that she's become just, I mean, she's, she's just so, I mean, I knew she was brilliant at a young age and I don't say that with any bias. I mean, she was winning uh, uh, awards in like the third grade for writing. She could write uh, a song, a poem, a, a story, you know, would like, it would take people just weeks and she can just spit it out. So I always knew that, 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 that was there, but this other hardworking, strong, courageous, I mean, there's just so many qualities that she has. And, you know, she takes so much shit from, you know, social media, you know, and I've been trying to tell her to, you know, disengage from some of that stuff, but, you know, and, and she just keeps fighting. She just, she's not, you know, it doesn't, it, she doesn't let it deter her and the amount of perseverance and, and strength that she has demonstrated is just amazing. Just yeah. amazing. All right. So as we wrap up, I want to know from a dad to dads that if, if there are dads listening, I'm sure who don't have dynamic, powerful relationships with their kids, or maybe I've got a kid listening who doesn't have a dynamic and powerful relationship with their parent. What advice would you give them about how to fix that? You got to start from love. There's no, no, nothing stronger, regardless of what you're disagreeing about, regardless of what you don't like, you, you love one another and everything else really doesn't matter. Whether it's politics, money, drugs, sex, whatever other issue that you're fighting about or struggling with that person loves you for who you are. And the parent has to make sure the child knows that. And the child has to be secure in that knowledge. And if you guys can work from there, just about anything else can get cleared up. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this with us today. Really powerful. I appreciate you a lot. And, and just thank you for sharing your story. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Sorry. I got a little emotional, but, uh, it's 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 really you know it there's nothing that means more to me than Lauren and uh being a dad is something that I always wanted to be and she kind of it was her fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing like a you know, I have a daughter and there's nothing like that relationship, right? So I appreciate no, you sharing the story. No no thank you. Thank you for giving me the chance. Be well. Powerful. Absolutely powerful stuff from Ralph Duca about repairing that relationship. And he told us the truth. It's family first, love first, come from that place of love. And we don't have to agree on everything. And at the end of the day, he's Lauren's dad and, and, and Lauren's his daughter. And in your household, it's exactly the same. We can't change that. We can change how we choose to interact with each other. We don't have to agree. We don't have to have the same thoughts about what should be done. That's why we live here, because we are allowed to think differently. And yet no election or no issue is truly worth an estranged relationship with your parents. So if you're listening and you've got one of those, why don't you pick up the phone and say, hey, let's work it out and see if they're on board for that. And I'll go back and remind you, and and please go back and listen to the episode I did with Lauren. Uh, It's called When Family and Politics Collide, a, a conversation with Lauren Duca. Go back and listen to it. And we talked about being curious. You know, I think when Lauren sits down, and her dad references a little bit, when Lauren sat down with her dad, they agree, they disagree on many things politically, except they were both curious. They were interested in each other's thoughts, and that's ultimately what allowed them to move forward. So if you'd like to have that happen, I think you've got to go into the conversation knowing that there's a low probability that you'll change their opinion, and there's a high need to be interested in their opinion. And that ultimately being interested is a choice and having conversations about it is a choice. 
Hey, I trust you got value out of this conversation. I did, and I appreciate both Lauren and Ralph sharing their stories with us. If you liked it, would you rate us, please, wherever you listen? Five stars would be awesome. Maybe even write a review and share this with somebody you know who needs to hear this message. Share it with them, please. Then if you would follow us as well, we're all over Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. And then finally, if you or somebody you know would like to be on the show, just email me, james at positivelydad.com, and I'd love to have you on and talk about being a dad. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.